Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Tara Gleason and interviewing with me today is Katia Pinkston. We are both master parent educators with the MSEC Parent to Parent program. We've worked on local parent teams, but now we mostly work together online through our web-based trainings, our free interactive parent webinars, which we're gonna talk about more later, along with writing curriculum and doing research here at the MSEC. We are also military spouses and parents. So today's podcast is on resiliency and will be the first in a monthly series with Dr. Ken Ginsberg, who is the co-founder and director of the Center for Parent and Teen Communication, which I will talk more in detail about at the end of the show. He's a pediatrician specializing in adolescent medicine at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, professor of pediatrics at the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, and he's also the director of health services at Covenant House Pennsylvania, where he serves Philadelphia's homeless and marginalized youth. He's also been working with families for decades. So we're both so excited for today's guest because we've conducted resiliency workshops based on Dr. Ginsburg's books and research for years. And to be honest, everyone on the team wanted to talk with him and Katya and I were lucky enough to get the opportunity. So Katya, you can begin. Dr. Ginsburg in our parent-to-parent workshops, we are always using seven C's of resilience. Could you please expand on that? I've never heard of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so um, I would love to. Um, the first thing I want to say is that the seven C's um, are actually rooted originally from the five C's. Um, another very good friend of MSEC and very good friend of mine, Richard Lerner, is um, really um, one of the people who put together the five, the first five C's. And the second uh, two C's have been added by me so that we can uh, expand beyond positive youth development and really think about resilience and recovery and even um, uh, some of the issues around parenting, like discipline, and in fact, even how to recover from trauma. So let me tell you what they are. They are an interwoven set of ideas that don't stand alone and that support each other, but that can help us really think about how to um, uh, frame uh, content for kids. They also, most importantly, are um, interdisciplinary. So the social workers can talk to the doctors, who can talk to the parents. It's a common language. And finally, the first five C's have been tested and evaluated by Dr. Richard Lerner um, through his work with 4-H and Boy Scouts to really demonstrate that they hang together and when put into place, make a difference in young people's lives to create positive outcomes. So where do we begin? We begin with confidence. We want young people to be confident because when they are confident, they can tackle the world, they can take on challenges. And we knew exactly how to build confidence in kids for like 30 years. We called it the self-esteem movement. We showered praise on kids. We made them feel as special as a butterfly. 
as unique as a snowflake. We noticed everything they were doing, and it backfired. Everybody got a trophy. Everybody got a trophy, right? And what happened is everybody was searching for a trophy all the time. Everybody felt as if they were special as a butterfly, and when they didn't feel like that, they felt awful. And as a result, we actually raised a generation of kids who um, are, were very anxious um, because they weren't feeling the way they were told that they were supposed to feel. So the self-esteem movement backfired. I still believe in self-esteem, and I still believe in confidence, but confidence is built not by giving trophies that are unearned. It's by noticing what people are capable of, which brings me to the second C, competence. By building skill sets in human beings, by preparing them to navigate the world, they become increasingly confident. Next, connection. Being connected to other human beings is simply the most protective force in a young person's life. When young people are seen as they deserve to be seen, when um, they understand that other people have their back, when they understand that they're part of families, part of communities, connection really, really is helpful. For military families, this is one of the real protections and challenges. So it's a protection in the sense that military families and communities tend to be tighter. It's a challenge because uh, families are geographically separated which means we need to put into place extra efforts to make sure that we maintain connection despite deployment. And the next C is character. Having an understanding of what is right and wrong. A good way of thinking about character is what would you do if you thought nobody was watching, right? And it is adults' job to build character in young people, right? We should be talking about values and morality integrity and honesty. We should be talking about all of this so kids know what it means to be a good person. And we should be modeling this. And we should be calling it out when we see bullying at any level. And, we, and when we see immorality, we should be calling it out because we want to build kids with character. Right. When these C's exist, um, Dr. Learn talks about now you are prepared to contribute to the world, meaning really to bring your best selves to your community. I'm gonna take it another um, direction. Contribution. There is a reason I want kids out there contributing to their communities. You see, Katya, the, the ultimate act of resilience, the person who survives in the worst of times, is the person who can reach out to another human being. The person who can say, sister, brother, lend me a hand. That's the person who survives. The question for me is, what makes you feel comfortable reaching? And the answer is knowing that there's no pity on the other end. If you believe that reaching is an act of shame or stigma, that the person serving you is pitying you, you will never reach and you will therefore perhaps not survive or thrive in the worst of times. When our kids learn that it feels good to give, when our kids go and help the neighbor across the street, when they work for the environment and their community, then our young people learn the value of service. They learn how good it feels. And what that means is that when they need to receive, they can do so without shame or stigma. It also means that they will be surrounded by gratitude. 
And when young people are surrounded by gratitude, they rise to become their best selves. Feel good about yourself, about volunteering perhaps in the community. Absolutely. The elder woman, rather than rolling her eyes when she sees a teenager, will know that that young person is a wonderful human being and will thank that young person for his presence in her life. Wow, that's good for that young person. So contribution really matters. What are your thoughts, because this has come up in our workshops, about that, you know, that being child-directed? So we know in the military, sometimes as adults, we get, you know, we have the culture of volunteerism. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's part of an expectation depending on what you're doing. But we've brought up to parents often that the child having choice in how they're contributing makes a big difference than if we tell them, hey, when we make uh, suggestions as parents. Mm -hmm. So what's your thought on that? Like so, how, how does that impact? So let's talk about contribution for the military families to uh, begin with. Um, and that is that um, this is another major strength. Remember, when we talk about military children, um, they are children first. Um, but what is um, unique about them is the predictability of their challenges and their abundance of their strengths. So they come from families that are all about contribution. And that is profoundly, profoundly um, a strength for them. And when they understand, when, when people around them appreciate their families for the contribution that they're making, um, including the sacrifice that families make, including the children, I believe it's very helpful for them. And that's a very protective thing. Um, the next thing I would say is about the choice. Adults can guide but it's going to have much more value if it speaks to the child, mm -hmm. right? And when the child is doing something that makes them feel good and will gain them the recognition, they're much more likely to take it into their adulthood. You want it to be a crown on their head, not a burden mm -hmm. contribution. And if they're doing it because they have to and they're doing it for something that they're not intrinsically interested in, but because you told them, I don't think it's going to be as protective. Mm -hmm. And for sure, it's not going to be as long lasting. Mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Um, four year olds are incredibly idealistic human beings. You know, I, I remember building a lemonade stand for my girls, um, which probably cost me about $75. And, not to tell you too much about me, but let me just tell you I can't turn a screwdriver. So for me to build this stand was a big accomplishment. And my girls made maybe 50 cents, right? So that's a net loss of what, $74.50 um, and probably some bruises and uh, some cuts. But the point is it was driven by them because that's what they understood. Because when they gave that 50 cents, I'm not going to lie to you, I don't remember what it is, but if I know in my kids, it was it was probably to protect animals. Mm -hmm. And when we took those two quarters and, and brought it to the SBCA, it was a crown on their head. That's the value. So choice matters. So even at four, your girls were the ones that they wanted to make the contribution, or did you make, make that friendly suggestion? Just in your um, um I have unusual kids who have mm -hmm. always been committed to justice and giving back, but I think most kids really are. Mm -hmm. You know, the mythology of kids being self-centered, I don't think is reality-based. I think even young kids want to, you know, protect animals and protect the environment and things like that. But I'm also not going to lie to you, Tara. I mean, my kids were um, volunteering when they were six weeks old. Mm -hmm. Not six weeks, um, but about three months. 
um, as pass around babies in an old age home because they were identical and they were adorable and um, and so they were making old people happy when they were you know three months old and um, so that is our family value um, but we actually definitely let them make choices and they grew up to be people who are committed to uh, repairing the world which I have an abundance of pride in mm-hmm. right um, so two more C's um, the next C is one that's added to the original five, really, so that it's more than positive youth development. It's really also about um, resilience, recovery, and that's coping. The bottom line is this, you know, um, life can be tough. And when life is tough, you're going to make yourself feel better. And you can make yourself feel better in positive ways, or you can make yourself feel better in, in uh, destructive ways. And the problem, really, Tara and Katya, the problem is that um, the destructive ways work magnificently. Drugs are fabulous things, but they destroy you. They destroy your family, they destroy your community, they destroy your brain. They're incredibly destructive, but at any given moment, they're going to make you feel good. Telling kids what not to do just doesn't work very well. What works is building in them a wide repertoire of positive coping strategies, and we fleshed out a detailed repertoire of coping strategies in another one of your podcasts, but we want to have coping positive coping skills. And the last one is control. You know, you either believe that the world happens to you or you believe you control your destiny. And people who believe that you control your destiny are empowered to do the right thing. They understand that the choices they make matter. And so much of this is about parenting, which we also fleshed out in another one of your podcasts about how to parent. When you parent without giving your kids control, or you discipline without giving your kids control, you're actually not disciplining at all. Discipline means to teach or to guide. It shares the root with disciple. And to learn on the the flip side. Absolutely. And if you ask yourself, is my child learning from whatever consequence I've given them? And if the answer is no, you haven't disciplined, you've punished. And you haven't actually given your kids control, so they're not going to therefore learn self-control. So if you parent, you'll do what I say, why? Because I said so. Which letter in the word no do you not understand? You are controlling, not developing self-control, and therefore not disciplining. When you parent in the way that says, I love you so much, and I'm, by the way, I'm not your um, friend, I'm your father, um, which is better for you. Um, I'm going to let you make lots of mistakes because I know that that's how you're going to learn. I'm going to let you spread your wings and I'm going to give you roots that make you feel secure to do so. But I want you to know that if you stray into territory that is dangerous or immoral, you will do exactly what I say because that's my job to protect you. In the meantime, I'm going to let you spread those wings and expand your boundaries, right? And you're going to earn um, looser and looser boundaries. Did you hear me use the word earn? When you've earned it, that gives kids control. You demonstrate responsibility to me and you will get more freedoms and privileges. That gives kids control. And that is your final C. And I like that, especially for military kids in particular, sometimes they feel like certain aspects of their life are out of their control, like an upcoming move or a parent away for training, that any opportunity that we can offer to put that 
control ball back in their court, I think is empowering to them and it has positive results. Absolutely. And it is pro-development for every young person because every young person is about gaining increasing control over their lives. That's what development is. From the moment you stand up and can walk on your own until the time where you hold a job and you have your own family, you are learning to stand on your own. Ideally, reaching around, understanding that independence is not your final goal. Your final goal is interdependence with your family. The secret to having an interdependent family also relies on the C's. Mm -hmm. It's about human connection, right? Without a doubt. But it also is about this control issue. When we install control buttons during adolescence by telling kids what they must do, or we hover and overprotect them and don't let them figure out their own values and tell them only what we think, we've installed control buttons. And when they grow up to be independent, they will choose to be on their own. Nobody likes to be controlled. When instead, young people understand our goal is not to control you, it's to guide you, to shape you, to be your best self. Then kids understand you're kind of that wind behind their sails. And they're always going to want you there. And that's ultimately where we become our best selves, is in our family units intergenerationally, interdependently. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you. Thank My you. pleasure. It was great to talk with Dr. Ginsberg, who's one of our go-to people in our program and at the MSEC when it comes to the topic of resiliency. If you want to know more about resiliency, you can check out our free interactive parent webinar on our website. So just go to your browser and you're going to type in www.militarychild.org. Scroll down and click on parents. And you're going to see all our parent initiatives listed, but in this case, click on webinars. You'll want to click on one, the one about resiliency. You will have to register and then you can participate in the webinar, download the free resources, and you can also share it with others and it's absolutely free. So it's a fantastic resource when it comes to resiliency. I also want to highlight the Center for Parent and Teen Communication. Dr. Ginsberg is the co-founder and director. So in your browser type www.parentandteen.com www.parentandteen.com. There are all kinds of great information here, but for today I typed resilience into that search tool. And you will see articles, videos, slides, downloadable resources, and of course the podcast stuck out to me. So I took a listen to it and it's a short six minute say this, not that podcast, so definitely check that out. We're going to talk more about this new online resource in future podcasts, but it is one you will not want to miss. We will hear more from Dr. Ginsberg next month, so stay tuned. Thanks, everyone, and we appreciate all our listeners for joining us today. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.